Welcome to The Jesus Follower, a podcast about helping ordinary people be close to an extraordinary God. The goal? To help you experience the life you were designed to live in the good times, tough times, and in the moments that nobody else sees. Happy Friday. Welcome into the show. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andrew, and hello, everyone. Hope you've had a great week in the Lord, ready to be back at it here on The Jesus Follower today. The sponsor of today's show is Fairfield Coffee. No, it's not, but we, we wish it was. Um, if anybody's watching, it's a local coffee shop we have in Fairfield, Ohio, and we are we are blessed. But we do hope they lengthen their hours again. I know they're looking for workers, but uh, that they're, they're closing at 4 now instead of 6 p.m., So, and that time's prime coffee time. We really struggle with this. Today. This is a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle yeah. spiritually. Yeah, but, um, spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> excited for today's show. Today we're getting into um, <laughs> the subject that everybody loves talking about: the Southern Baptist Convention, denominational yeah. structure, organization, all of that. Uh, it's what we live for on the Jesus Follower. No, it's not. <laughs> but um, Lauren and I, my wife, are going to New Orleans uh, this week for our first. Southern Baptist Convention. I was uh, raised independent fundamental Baptist, went to another independent uh, Baptist church uh, during uh, college, and uh, this is my first go-around at Southern Baptist life. So we had the chance, and we thought, let's go out to uh, the convention. So we want to preview that, at least by what we see from the outside today, um, because we're by no means, I'm by no means a, a, a subject matter expert, as you say, Daniel, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like there's some stuff that we'll get to discuss that kind of uh, points to more discussion in the culture at large. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, we are sending Andrew and Lauren down there to fix all things Southern Baptist. So <laughs> they've got a, it's their first time, but a big task on their shoulders. I think they're ready for it, wouldn't you say? It's doable. Yes, yeah, definitely. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so there, there, there's a lot of things to discuss, a lot of things. You know, I've grown up in the Southern Baptist culture all my life, basically. Uh, I don't, never really gotten into a whole lot of the convention setting type stuff so it's kind of a, a newer uh, newer concept to me I know components of it for sure and just kind of general makeup but as far as the intricate workings you know it'll be it's always a learning there's so much to learn about so many different things so I'm sure as we've been kind of researching we've just been hearing things in the news, finding out some things about uh, what's going on and what what's could be happening, it's very interesting. So it is. Um, let's start. I know there's a lot of confusion. At least there has been in my mind up until this point in my life. But what is um, even denominations? We're not going to go that far out. But what is the uh, Southern Baptist Convention? Why are we a part of it? And uh, what does it mean? So, Daniel, can you give us a brief? at least starting point and I'll go from there and I'm on their website. I'll cover whatever you don't hit. <laughs> I'm word for word from the website. This is what, no, I'm kidding. It's a quiz. Um, it's a, yeah. It, so, you know, the, the concept, the general concept is a, I think a good concept, you know, with the idea that uh, different churches that believe um, similar things, believe the scriptures and try to live by and serve by the scripture. Um, the idea is we are working together in the Southern Baptist convention as separate churches that believe the same and pulling our resources together, fundings together, and and moving forward for the kingdom together, even though we we our ministry areas are in different places. So what it allows us to do effectively is is we can get to a whole lot 
a whole lot more places, or we can go to a whole lot uh, more places and, and expand our ministry areas wider than what we would be able to do by ourselves. So the idea is cooperation from different churches together, and uh, and so it's a it's a really a really cool thing, um, and it's a, a really great privilege to be a part of that. Where you know we are trying to not erect walls, but break down walls, and instead. Mm-hmm come together for gospel kingdom work and and it's really an amazing thing and we we see that and we kind of work and operate that in our local association here at Rolling Hills Baptist Church we uh, we work uh, they have um, things that we can that help us out in ministry areas so like you know Andrew yeah. was just mentioning bouncy houses for example the association yeah. has bouncy house trailers and and we can uh, we can get those and and take them to the schools or to for VB or Red White Kaboom, which is another ministry we have, and we can we can use those to try to reach out to people and minister to people in the name of Jesus, and and they're kind of shared in 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 and amongst the association, the uh, different folks, and um, it's just really cool. It's a really cool resource to have, and a really cool opportunity to serve together. I don't know if that gives us a, a kind of a beginning, anyway. Yeah, for sure. And to talk about the associations, really, when we were between pastors, and Daniel wasn't the pastor yet. They were uh, uh, a, a huge help and resource. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Steve Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, preached a lot. He, he works for the state convention all the way near Columbus, and he took this two-hour drive every week for a, a hot minute there to uh, fill the pulpit for us, and they were just, you know, consistently checking in. Yeah. Um, so and that that's, cooperation piece is huge. So, so that's that's state, and then it's like a trickle down, right? So we also had speaking in that line, we had Mark Snowden, who Mark is Snowden, a, yeah. who is a local, more of a local association yeah. figure mm-hmm. um, that also helps. So I didn't mean it, but I just want to say, yeah, that's very true. So so from different uh, at levels, if you will, in the the Southern Baptist you know association, we were blessed to have assistance in that time. Yeah, for sure. So I really appreciate it. It's awesome for me being raised um i was raised baptist as well but the version of baptist i was raised in um was very uh, separatist in nature so um a hallmark of baptist belief if you i've baptist distinctives up we can go through that just as a uh reminder of what we believe as baptists but a hallmark of that is the autonomy of the local church that uh, per the new testament that all churches don't fall under a hierarchy like the catholic church per se right. of a um an ultimate church at the top like the pope at the top and then trickle down to the the church and presbyterians are the same way as well to a different degree but um Baptists are different, in, uh, and my computer went off. That's good podcasting right there. But um, but Baptists are different in that we believe that every church is um, or, or should be autonomous, their own governing body before yeah. God. Um, so when I grew up, that took the meaning of let's separate from everything and everyone that could possibly be bad. Yeah. So there's this even idea of secondary separation where we not only separate from things like, uh, you know, worldliness or even like good things, not to go to the unnecessary things that were also there, but, uh, you, you know, things like uh, even, you know, homosexuality is a big thing today. We're not only going to separate from the people who do that, but... 
well, that's not a good example. The easy pick fruit is like rock music. We're not going to just separate from like secular music, but whichever church or whichever college or whatever plays Christian rock music or is sympathetic to that or uh, hosts someone who does that, we're also going to separate from them because yeah. they don't believe the same. So it kind of is an endless wormhole. Whereas, ideally, what the Southern Baptists do is uh, autonomous still in their local churches, but they come together to uh, do things together. So um, we don't have to go into the Baptist distinctives. but um, So yeah, we talk about the cooperation piece, and it's also um, with that. So there's no... Pope or anything at the top. There's right. no hierarchy in terms of uh, structure that we have to follow or things we have to obey. Uh, so within that, the Southern Baptist Convention is a denomination, but it's not typically like a denomination like you might think, like the Presbyterians, right. where there's no, uh, you know, power structure per se. It's a pure democracy. And each year, this year it's next Tuesday and Wednesday, um, all the messengers, if you will, just representatives from churches gather at a singular location, hold, I think it's uh, been called the largest pure democracy in the world, and oh, that could yeah. turn into chaos, as you would, <laughs> as you could expect, just a ton of people in a room together. But um, that's the thing that we do primarily is cooperate on things that I'll mention here in a second. But it's important to note too that we do hold confessional beliefs. We're not a we don't hold to a creed, and we're not. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it right. We're not as the Presbyterians would. We're not. Uh, you know, bound to a creed. I don't know how to say it right. Is there a better way to say it? Uh, I think, you know, we, we just are, are, are not creed, but our foundation is the scripture. So yes. we, we try to follow the scripture, not a uh, necessarily a man-made statement, I guess would be, yeah, is kind of what comes to mind. Uh, and, and yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's really cool, you know, in this area specifically, you know, we, we are able to even serve with other churches in a, in, mm -hmm. in our local community that are, yeah, that's you know, huge. we've got a, We've got a good relationship with Fairfield First Baptist, with Fairfield West, North Fairfield. I mean, mm -hmm. so we we are blessed. I mean, it, it at its at its purest and truest form, it works beautifully in that it allows us to even in a local yeah. setting allows you to expand ministry parameters. Right. And do that together. And even if uh, it, it doesn't bind us to just Southern Baptist either, like yeah, if we right. were uh, to do, you know, we had a local Presbyterian church or something that yeah. we want to do a youth event with where we're good on most of the things, but we have to separate because of the baptism piece mainly and, yeah, and other yeah. things. And we can't be in the same denomination, but we could still do gospel ministry together. We're not going to be punished by the Southern Baptist Convention because we do those things. Yeah. So that's a big overview. And what we do together per their website, evangelism and missions, church planting, demonstrating the gospel through compassion, local ministry, cooperative ministry, um, and the convention. And all this is kind of tied together through what we call the cooperative program. So we do give monetarily to the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't know what our numbers are on that. About 10%? Is it? Uh, I think we might be about 7 but 7%? I have to double check that. Okay. I could be very wrong. Very wrong. Very so good what possibility. We, oh, no. <laughs> I don't know yeah. either. But um, at this annual meeting and through the elected representatives, two different committees that are represented at the convention that do things throughout the year. Uh, there's the executive 
committee, uh, other than committee on committees, that's probably where we get all of our committees. Could be. But it works. It's not a church, you know, so in that setting, that's kind of the design um, of it. But in that, we give to this thing called the cooperative program. So yeah. instead of when I grew up at our independent fundamental Baptist church, we had, uh, we supported individual missionaries and kind of chose them and went through a mission board and through that. Whereas here, we donate to the cooperative program and their special mission offerings each year, but that goes a portion of that directly to the International Mission Board, and that kind of is just a piece of the pie of the whole thing. So with that, we believe we can be more effective in the gospel ministry by giving to uh, the cooperative program and the International Mission Board to where everything could be more streamlined um, in comparison to the song and dance of, you know, we had, uh, and we it would be awesome to have more missionaries in, but we would have missionaries in for the purpose of, you know, the pitch, please support us, we're raising funds, and that's all well and good. That's not bad at all, but um, we believe it's uh, we we can get better ministry done together. Um, So that's kind of a brief rundown of what we're doing when we say Southern Baptist Convention. And it's it's cool that you all get to go, and then Andrew and Lauren, you know, the churches are... Even though they have autonomy, you know they we have a voice in the the the, the big convention. So, in other words, you know what yeah. Andrew and Lauren's going, they, uh, you know, it's a representation of Rolling Hills Baptist Church and where where we believe, where we feel like the Lord's leading us to stand, and and they have input into what's going on in the overall Southern Baptist Convention. So that's it's it's pretty cool because, you know, just to know it makes you kind of think of voting just in general, right? You want your voice to, you know, it's pretty cool to think that uh, that we can all do that and we can come together and and you have a voice that's heard in the Lord from wherever your context is, wherever you're at. And and you can also at the same time find out and meet and fellowship with folks from all other contexts as well across the country and mm-hmm. and, and kind of get a, a general grasp and even even an opportunity to pray for people that are in more challenging areas. You know, there's just a lot of yes. things. And I, so I think it's a it's a really cool thing that you all get to be there and um, be a messenger for the church, be messengers yeah. for the church, and and kind of uh, just uh, we know there, there there's some interesting things this year. So so it's inter- it, you know it's interesting that the Lord worked it out for for you all to be there. So yes, yeah, yeah. we're excited um, to go and um, yeah, it'll be an eye opening experience. I'm Probably. sure. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we want to talk a little bit too about um, the convention itself, and with that, it seems like this year there's a lot of big decisions, big votes that are going to come to a head. So for all of our benefit, and again, we're. I'm brand new to this, and um, it just seems there's a lot of context behind these issues. So I'll link to a lot of these things I'm reading here in the show notes in the description of this video. Um, But I am at this article here. There's a a blog that covers SBC stuff of Southern Baptist, sbcvoices.com. And I wanted to, they have... um, an article here, the big votes at hashtag SBC 23. Um, so I thought we could run the through these real quick, maybe explain briefly what's going on. 
And uh, that'll be the show today. And then next week we'll uh, come to you from New Orleans and see how it all goes. But uh, so for one, they we are um, having an election of a, a, a president this year, and that happens every year. Uh, the president is a volunteer, uh, volunteer position. Uh, they don't get paid for it. Typically, it's a pastor of a church yep. somewhere, and they'll be nominated. It's largely a ceremonial position, but yep. there is some power with it. The past or the uh, president rather um assigns uh people to some committees and really kind of determines the direction of how the committees go so that's kind of the structure if there is any it's the president and then there's the executive committee which is kind of the main body that does a lot of the um you know administrative work throughout the year and then there's these um other committees some are more influential and bigger than others but um and we'll get into that later a little bit but the president is a pretty big deal you know it's both a ceremonial head and he has some power so this year well last year bart barber was elected president and typically it's a tradition that a uh, president will serve two years so you get max of two years and there's an election every year but typically the year after they get elected he'll run unopposed but that is not the case this year they're breaking a tradition and there is a challenger to bar barber named uh, mike stone um he's a pastor in georgia um i don't know if you all followed it he ran in 2019 or 2020 no 2019 because that didn't happen in 2020 covid um but um He's in a, really, a pastor in Georgia in a close connection with a group called the Conservative Baptist Network, and um, it's kind of been that whole thing. We won't get into that today, but it's kind of an offshoot that generally believes that the convention's heading in a liberal, quote-unquote, direction, and that it needs to be brought uh, back to the right, very very vaguely. Um, but he's there. His thing, more or less, is that the... Uh, uh, financial state of the convention is unsustainable, and there are a couple of different things as well with that. He's he's gone on. I've read about it, but I don't remember it currently. Um, and there'll be more that I'll put in to to read about. But um, obviously, a big thing last year was the we got the sexual abuse task force. There was this big, you know, the the coming out that there was this more or less systemic pattern of leaders or uh, people being uh, covered up for for these uh, uh, you know crimes really of uh, abuse and there are things said like you got to protect the base that came out in this report and a lot of controversy has followed that as it would but um, in this past year so I don't know how much you were able to read up on that again that doesn't affect us much yeah in our day-to-day life you know? no and, and it's not been something i mean it, it hits because you know it is part of the convention part of what the organization we're a part of if you will organization but yeah uh, but but you know unfortunately that is that is something that seems to be um uh, that seems to have happened especially the past few years kind of across denominational lines um, there's been been some of these different things that's kind of popped up, and it is something that we definitely want to make sure that we obviously stay on top of and that we're responsible with to try to keep it uh, keep it from happening ever, obviously. And and so I, I yeah. it really doesn't, you know, it's not really been here, thankfully. But uh, I know, you know, you just hear bits and pieces as it's going on, and you and, and you just kind of know generally what's going on, and yeah, um, you know, the the general problem with it is 
is obviously it's a universal we know that it's a problem and it doesn't need to ever happen so right. to jump on that is definitely the right response i would say mm-hmm. and in this is just kind of a difference in how to um attack it or, or tackle it really um from what i've read the reason the main reason why um Mike Stone accepted a nomination to run is that, um, you know, financially there's been a lot of lawsuits uh, leveled against the convention and a lot of of even individual, um, you know, reconciliation efforts by the convention itself that has cost a lot of money in the short term. So um, people split somewhere. It's, it, it's said that in the short term, it's unsustainable, which it is. Yeah. So what uh, Mike Stone proposes is that we change course. There's been a uh, you know sexual abuse task force that's been implemented that um, he you know includes people like Rachel Den Hollander. If you're familiar with the conversation and people that aren't necessarily Southern Baptist, I believe that's for the best. Yeah. Um, but some people don't really seem to think so, and that it should, in their minds, align more closely with our faith and belief. Um, in, in, in how it's operated and, who, and who's there. Um, with that, uh, the firm, I think that's the right term, the firm who conducted this report for the Southern Baptist Guidepost Solutions, um, there's been controversy over them because they came at, they are an organization that supports um, LGBTQ kind of things as an organization. So some have come out in, you know, basically said that we should go a different direction because of that. And that's, you know, some of that might be merited. Some of it might not be, and it goes really deep and we're not going to explain it all today, but it's a heavy issue. So on that side, that's where Mike Stone's coming from. Whereas, uh, Barb Barber on the other end and the the other side of the conversation is more or less saying that past mistakes are going to be expensive, (laughs) you know, and you're not like these, this cost was really accrued when, the mismanagement of everything happened years ago and that it's not our job now to you know we don't need to cover it up or do anything less than what would be appropriate this time so that's kind of the uh, the tone of this um of this presidential race if you will and it's not really it's not like a secular presidential you know president there's no like not a lot of public politicking behind it it's very uh, you know, tame in that. And, and and with that, you know, note that it's not major theological issues that we're fighting over here. Yeah. There's no like split in the convention and there's no giant thing happening. I mean, this is big stuff for sure, but it's not like we're going to die if it goes one way or <laughs> yeah, right yeah. goes the other way. Um, so that's number one. Number two is with that um, abuse reform implementation task force report. So with that, the um, the task force will give a report. They will likely, I believe, if I understand it right, give a either a recommendation or a um, just a conclusion to what they have found. That could mean we go. They ask for another year to continue. Another thing that's been uh, discussed and proposed is to set up a an oversight, more or less website that. Um, will state the names of even if you if someone was not convicted, but like statute of limitations was up or whatever, if they were credibly accused is the language that they use. Um, 
you would be put in this website to avoid going to another church and out of shame or embarrassment, the previous church doesn't tell the new church what happened, oh. which has happened over and over and over again. Yeah. That's kind of the point of how this all came to be in the first place. Yeah. Um, some, you know, there's obviously sticky situations with that. What does credibly accused mean? You yeah, know, language is yeah. what we're going to get in and what happens if, um, you know, someone isn't credibly accused and they end up on the website. You know, it's all a conversation, but that's another, um, another thing that's going yeah. down. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, as you could imagine, probably when you have several different um, churches coming together, several different minds coming together and interpretations and uh, the, the, the need for incredible clarity and verbiage and everything else is so important. And so, you know, when you have all this coming together, trying to figure out, you know, which is the best that everyone can agree on, or at least the large majority in the d- democracy setting can agree on is sometimes not always an easy thing to be found, but things that need to be handled, need to be dealt with, and a willingness by different parties to deal with that, and, and hopefully always a godly way to try to come up with the best solutions to represent Christ the best that we can. Yeah. So, so you know, it's just a. It sounds like so much, even when you may hear it, but it's 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 just an important component to making sure we stay biblically speaking where we need to be, and we're the most effective there for His glory. And sometimes that takes a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of effort, a lot of votes, <laughs> a right? Lot of, a lot right. Of decisions so. for sure, and that's where it gets messy. It would be cleaner if we just had a top-down kind of denomination where this is much more clear. Um, but then there's the piece, even with the and, and people say that probably sometimes at the expense of the survivors of sexual abuse, um, probably. But um, but with that, with the you know us being autonomous churches who's to say that we should have a website you know why can't all the churches deal with it themselves yeah and that's what kind of mike stone's position there as well and i don't really agree with it i think there's gray area there personally if i could but um but yes it's uh very nuanced because there's Thousands and thousands of churches with thousands and thousands of perspectives and opinions. Yeah, and there and there's no, you know, a lot of times it's not cookie cutter, right? It's not always like it, it, this is the exact perfect mold that's going to fit for everyone, going to work for everyone. You just you try to do the best that you can, and so uh, you know it's interesting as you look at those things because especially as we look from the outside looking in, essentially, you know, and, and you can see like some things for this side, you can see some things for this side. That's generally where I find myself, and it's kind of like, okay, well, which side do you go more on, you know? But a lot of times, both sides make some points that are are genuine, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of prayerfully f- figuring out which side does the Lord want you to be on, want us to be on as his church overall, you know, as his church body. So That's right. Yeah. yeah. With full transparency, I'm planning on voting for Bart Barber. I've when as I've researched, he's a very upstanding guy. They probably both are. Um, but it, I appreciate the direction he's going. I believe he has it right or at least the right side in terms of the abuse reform. I, I think the other side really um, the Mike Stone represents tends to paint it much more black and white than what it ultimately is. And it's kind of that black and white thinking that has led us to this point as you know, it, and it's obviously not representative of us as a whole, but 
in another way it is and it needs to be, you know, if we're going to ascribe to the same name, it needs to be dealt with correctly. Um, Mike Stone was the uh, head of the executive committee uh, at some point near 2015, 2016, somewhere there. So he's a part of the problem, more or less. Again, I don't know all of the um, details, and I'm not fully qualified to make a fully qualified <laughs> statement of opinion on a podcast that's public like this. But um, well, That's just because of your liberal lean. That's why you're voting for the other well, side, right? You know? <laughs> We don't want to just we don't want to just say that for what it is, right? We're oh, just, you know, we're just kind of dancing around it. But let's just get right. to the point. <laughs> I'm just joking. And <laughs> even within Southern Baptist, that's the thing is that in the '80s there was really a liberal drift where like we were doubting things like inerrancy of Scripture, and that was like in the seminaries. But even like liberals in the convention are extremely conservative. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're about to get to with this next one, um, and this next big vote that's gotten a lot of press is that. We're all conservative, but but yeah, no, I yeah, no, I own your joke. No, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, so for three, there is well, there's four here, but it kind of lumps into one. So you've probably heard of Saddleback Church. It's a big church in uh, California, a massive church. Rick Warren and um, done a lot of good. I enjoy Rick Warren's sermons and his, his books and done a lot of good for the Southern Baptist Convention. Great for a lot of years. There's a controversy uh, this year because um, they were ousted more or less by the Credentials Committee, which is a committee with um, you know, more power than some, as you would gather. But uh, them and a few other churches, Fern Creek Church and a few others were um, uh, deemed to be in the language uh, that's used in the you know bylaws and everything not to be in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention because they um, in the past year ordained uh, four women as pastors and the new pastor Andy Wood um, who is the senior pastor there his wife um, was named teaching pastor at the church. So because of that, and in the Baptist faith and message, which is the, um, you know, our statement of faith as Southern Baptist, um, that says, and biblically we believe, that only um, men are qualified per scripture to serve as pastors in the yeah. office of pastor. And again, not all men, there's further qualifications in scripture. <laughs> right. It's not just because you're a man, but it does outline places like Second Timothy and Titus that uh, it only only uh, men should be in that office of pastor. Um, so there's been some disagreement, not on whether that is true, but on things uh, to delineate between uh, the role of senior pastor versus the role of uh, associate or youth or kids pastor, or the gift of a pastor versus the office of a pastor, and trying to draw these lines in the middle of the word. So that's kind of where we've, uh, where, you know, Saddleback, per se, is making their argument. And uh, how this works is that even though they were... Um, you know, deemed to be not in friendly cooperation, kicked out more or less, they can appeal to the general body of messengers at the convention, appeal to them for a vote to say whether the, they will affirm the credentials committee decision or not. So yeah. it's ultimately up to everybody, which is nice in a way. You know, again, <laughs> it's autonomous local churches. But you're getting into you're getting into a little mess in terms of how it's played out. So I think um, I think their yeah. argument would be that that what they're doing isn't enough of a disqualifier to deem yes. them not in friendly cooperation. 
Yes. And that and, and it's it almost seems like it's a circle back around too as you read the letter uh, as we read the letter or the article that was sent that circle back around too we're still moving the same direction generally as what we should be as a Southern Baptist church and that we are we are wanting to advance the gospel, advance the kingdom by sharing the gospel, and we're not going to agree on everything. Um, but it's it's so it's okay as long as we're still on the same mission track. If we don't hit every jot and tittle, yeah, that everybody else thinks we need to hit. I think it's kind of yes. from that side of things and what right. they're propagating or promoting, you know, being yeah. the case, you know. So that's where Rick Roran has been campaigning, more or less <laughs> hitting the pavement and yeah. saying, why are we going to do this over a secondary issue, more or less? Don't yeah, it's, that seems to throw be the what baby he, out with the bathwater. Yeah, it seems to be what his... his uh, um, understanding of it is is that it is a secondary that that's a good way to just accurately depict what that letter is kind of stating i think right right so this is kind of where the rubber meets the road so in 2015 um a little thing was added to the bylaws of the southern baptist convention so there's the baptist faith and message was a statement of faith but then they had their operating documents which is the you know constitution bylaws what you have at your church more than likely and what we have at our church um and there was this little article, section 3.1, that says the convention will only deem a church to be in friendly cooperation with the convention and sympathetic with its purposes and work, i.e. a cooperating church as a term is used in the convention's governing documents, which, and this is the important part, has a faith and practice which closely identifies with the convention's adopted statement of faith. So really the issue in all this and what we're going to discuss in New Orleans is what is the nature of friendly cooperation cooperation. Uh, Rick Warren would argue that Saddleback's still in friendly cooperation because they are complementarian, and they are complementarian, just yeah. not uh, firmly complementarian, <laughs> if you will. Obviously. And we get that, that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah. But um, they would argue that, that they're in still in full agreement with the Baptist faith and message. It's yeah. just a different, uh, you know, parsing of what that means, yeah. you know, with the pastor. Um, but uh the credentials committee and the uh you know we're going to find out if the convention does has deemed them to be not you know not cooperating because they have women in the office of pastor so now the question is what to do with that for one for saddleback but in the deeper um underlying issue organizationally is who's going to deal in the future with issues of cooperation mm -hmm. and i read this article they um there's uh a couple options they could bring clarity to uh, the article 3.1 so to clarify what that means um you could leave it as is and let the credentials committee do their thing and then do the song and dance every year with whatever comes next or the theological issue that uh, we, you know will inevitably pop up next and uh, do that at every convention or they you know you can remove 3.1 just go back to where it was uh, yeah. before which might not complete it either so one solution which has been brought forth is by a pastor in virginia named mike law and he has brought forward a amendment to the um the bylaws not the baptist faith and message but the bylaws that just puts it right in there that you can essentially only be a southern baptist if uh you have men in the office of pastor and don't have women um which would fix it but 
there might be problems there with what the naysayers would say, not naysayers, everybody's for it. It's a good amendment. But what people would say in uh, against it, which what they have is that, for one, it might be only a patchwork issue, uh, patchwork uh, thing until the next theological issue hops up. And then you're just dealing with the same issues um, as you're dealing with now where the ambi- ambiguity of it all Um and really, it might be throwing baby out with the bathwater in another, in another sense with where that would be in the bylaws. It would place it right up next to things like, uh, you know, homosexuality, uh, racial discriminations listed here, sexual abuse, um, all of these things, which we have strong theological beliefs about that are sinful. Yeah. And we don't necessarily believe that if you're egalitarian or if you have a woman as passive, that's not necessarily a sinful thing as delineated in scripture. There's no, nothing. Uh, I think that's right. Right. <laughs> you know, there's nothing in you're, uh, you're not automatically in sin. Tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but I don't think you're not sinful. If you have a woman in the office, but just inherently per, but it's not right. Nonetheless, the scripture says one. So that might be the wrong way to say it entirely. Well, so so sometimes I think what happens is is that you know if if people if there are no well so if there's not men willing to step up so let's say oh, that sure. okay so let's use yeah. that as an example so like and and you have you have the, this decision point of do you want um, do do you want to continue to study the scripture but there's no men here to to lead in the studies there's only a woman what do you do do you do you shut it or do you just let the woman teach the script? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, and so I do think, you know, on general terms that, you know, being disobedient to scripture, especially when you know what oh, the scripture yeah. says oh, and sure. you have other options that, yes, it is sinful. Mm-hmm. But I do think there are times where, you know, uh, and I'm in no way making a loophole for this to be okay, but I do think that there are times that it, A, it may not be completely understood stood biblically or B, it may be a situation where, and I think I've heard people that have been done mission work in other countries where the men just wouldn't, uh, to the fault of the male, they just would not yeah. step into the role that God had ordained them or, or called them to step into and and teach and lead you know, in that office. Yeah. And so what they were finding was that sometimes women would be the ones to do it because largely men would not. Um, right, and and right. so, you know, there are some scenarios, I think, where uh, that may be the reality. Now, when it comes to somewhere like Saddleback, I would say that that's probably not the scenario we're looking at, since it is a kind of a mega church, like a very, very large church where there's probably a lot of option, mm-hmm. oper- you know, um, and, and hopefully the scriptural study has been so much so that that, that has been went over at some point or another. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, generally speaking, I think, you know, uh, and again, it's, it's hard to account for every, but the going against what the Bible puts down as the structure, I think would be mm-hmm. sinful, yeah. but, but there, there are things, there are situations and, and, and I have some, some experience to, to a degree in, in certain components of that kind of, mm-hmm. um, yes. and, and, and so I think I, those are some scenarios that kind of just pop up that it's like, I think that happens sometimes. That's good. And there's, yeah, there's good nuance to that. And yeah, and that kind of illustrates, I think the point that the side would make that wouldn't prefer this amendment to be passed is that there are instances where that would be 
good. You know that, that it wouldn't be automatically bad if what you know, it, like as you said, just affirming what you said. It's not in the same way as sexual abuse, racial discrimination. That's not in the same category at all. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's just tough because it is it is very clear in the scripture. So yeah. in in that sense, and sin is sin, so the categorization of that is, you know, it, it gets very tough. But uh, I think that again, we we went at the beginning. We were talking about the importance of language and and verbiage yes. used, and I think we see that here, even in that statement in Article Three Point One, the way that it, I think it was Three Point One, yeah. the way that yep. it's worded. It, it it kind of is like okay well where where is the line and I think that's always uh, sometimes definitely to our detriment that's always kind of mankind's approach and effort I want to find lines and it's oh, like yeah. okay well how far are you willing to go to find that line you know I mean right. do you really want to be on the line or you want to be way over on this side so so yeah that's you know when we when you talk about a lot of churches coming together that's the really hard thing is like uh, like you, like you said the guy in Virginia the pastor in Virginia it's not that what he's saying is wrong or I I agree I agree with what he's saying yeah um, but you know you try to think about every outcome every possible scenario and you try to cover it all so that you don't come back year after year and have to change it every time you want to get you want to have one in the Lord effort to make it right clear and concise for all conventions moving yes. forward yes <laughs> so yeah it's really hard to do that i think right right very very hard especially with a lot of opinions with such a hot button topic yeah another yeah. clear line we like to draw is uh you know between <laughs> you know being uh, uh affirming of women and being denying of women. And if yeah. you have a woman as pastor, then you're affirming of women. If you're not, you're not. What we want to do, we want to support <laughs> women and bring women higher than than us. I, we're not there at all. The task of the gospel is to um, align to God's purpose for yeah. us, and that is in the exaltation of women and children. And yeah. when uh, you know, when civilizations are healthy, women and children prosper. And a lot of what we're seeing in Southern Baptist life throughout this time is secretly it's not healthy. So that's kind of the task ultimately. And what we're doing with this language and friendly cooperation is how do we fit all of this into one basket? For one, even in the issue of being autonomous, which is also we feel a biblical doctrine and how a church is most likely to thrive in a New Testament setting, being autonomous and um, being able to minister to their local setting mm -hmm. effectively. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're about. So how do we keep that the case and not provide too much oversight at the convention, which some might argue, it, I don't think it does at all with making a, con you know, a, 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 what, a conventional stance about this because it's a biblical issue but you know some would say that it is closer to the line if you will so why draw a line here we're just becoming a creed creedal people and not people ultimately of the word um so we, we have that conversation but then also the exaltation of women and the whole sexual abuse conversation this is all happening at one convention yeah. so it's very uh loaded but that's all we're trying to do, especially to someone who's not a believer listening. And this is not, there are plenty of believers who misuse this for, uh, you know, for the sake of power. There's a documentary that just came out about the Duggars. Um, 
on Amazon, the shiny happy people, we wouldn't you know associate with that group but it's just we're we're all too eager even i and probably rightfully so in the news today to point out instances of that hypocrisy and yeah. we're human it happens and it and we're ashamed of that really but um regardless we want to do right so how do we find the right way yeah amidst of all the noise and that's the task at hand yeah and 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 i think that obviously we've gotten it wrong um, in the past, because uh, Jesus, uh, there's never an instance, I don't think, where you would say, well, he he doesn't treat people fairly, equally, that he doesn't love all, others, love all and, and care for all effectively. Like, And so so clearly the fact that we're having some of these discussions now, which really, if you read the Bible, it's not really a thing. You know, God, uh, God has a special place for men and women. He loves us all. Uh, he is a, he's a great father to us all and shepherd yeah. to us all. And so so clearly the fact that we are struggling in some of these areas says that there's probably times in the past, certainly times in the past where we haven't got it just like Christ. Um, and so that's what, you know, just as the Jesus follower podcast indicates, that's what we strive for is to do it like Christ, because when you do it like him, you know, everything, uh, everything does fit in place exactly like it needs to um, in God's eyes. And so that's, that's really the effort here. Uh, but it comes, it comes through sometimes a lot lot of uh, uh, labor and prayer, hopefully prayer being the primary and labor and effort just to try to get and keep us, especially when you're talking about something as big as the Southern Baptist Convention, to keep us all in um, the under the authority of the scripture and in agreement with that and allow us at the same time to serve together, to still pull our resources and still be outward focused on the same gospel, the same mission, the same purpose for his glory and for his kingdom. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, for full transparency, again, just for our people and, you know, whoever might be watching, I'll be voting in accordance with the credentials committee to withdraw fellowship from Saddleback. I think it's a biblical move and I don't. No one is going to like to do that. It's <laughs> right, not a right. sense like get out. You know. Yeah, yeah. You weren't good enough for us, but no. It's, but uh, it, I think it, it, ne- it needs to happen. Yeah, um, yeah. Biblically. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's one of those things that you know that there are things, there are preferences, and then there are biblical truths, and I think that's like what Andrew and I and, and Rolling Hills we want to be able to make those distinctions. I mean, everybody has a plethora of preference. But the Bible is very clear on some issues, and and the Bible is the authority. It's the absolute truth from the, uh, the Word of God, and so we we here always strive to side with the Word of God. I mean, we always want to do things God's way. We don't always, you know, we fail and we don't always get it right. But that's that's where the effort is. And like you said, it's never something that you take that you relish in the fact that oh, I'm going to stick it, you know, and they can. But but you know, you yeah. you just when it comes to things that's so clear and concise in the Scripture, you just have to be willing to make those loving, loving stands, stands of truth. You know, part of living out the truth is having to do the hard things as well and, and to take the stand on the side of God's word. So yeah, anyway, that's not right. always easy. It's not yeah. at all, but that's what we desire to do. How, yeah. albeit imperfectly for sure. But, um, for sure as Christ is, God has given that to us. We want to, we want to follow him. That's what it's all about That's right. on this show. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> just right. on the yeah, that's just on this show, right? No, no, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we'll come to you on uh, Monday, rather. You'll preach on Sunday, but Monday with a, a sermon. Then after I upload that, Lauren and I are hitting the road, and uh, we'll come to you from New Orleans on uh, Wednesday and Friday. So uh, looking forward to talking to you then. Yeah, y'all have a have a great rest of your week. We're still. Yeah. Uh, planted actually we'll just be finishing up VBS tonight uh, oh, yeah. and uh, been a great week in the Lord so um, we look forward to, to being back with you soon and hope you have a great rest of your week as well and, and we'll be with you next time see you later <laughs>